Before we start this episode, I just wanted to let you all know this episode was recorded ooh, quite a while ago, back in 2020. And I guess I kind of lost track of it because I had some different recordings and some of the audio wasn't spot on with this episode. But the content, when I re-listened to it, was so amazing by DN, a type nine, that I had to release it. And so I want you to really enjoy this episode uh, with DN as we're talking through, um, going through the pandemic as black people and what we were dealing with at the time, uh, even to a certain extent now. But I really want you to check in and listen to this episode because it's pretty powerful and she says some really amazing things. Let's get it. excited to announce my new partnership with BetterHelp. This episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. So I'm super excited uh, about this partnership that me and BetterHelp have um, entered into because in this point where everything that we're doing right now to connect with people is more virtual, it is so important, mental health. I think that aligns perfectly with things that we're trying to do, things that I want to do, and um, anybody that I would refer or think that could be potentially beneficial to the audience. And I think BetterHelp is definitely one of them. BetterHelp is basically, it's online counseling or therapy. So you're able to actually get some counseling or therapy uh, depending on what's going on from licensed counselors and therapists around the country. And um, you get to be able to get some of that one-on-one mental checkup that you may need and BetterHelp is able to help you. So just go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it and you'll get a 10% discount for your first month. Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. Today, I'm super excited. I have the one, the only Deanne on the show. Please introduce yourself. Hey, um, I'm Deanne Smallwood from Memphis. I am a, I guess a nine, yeah, uh, self-preserving, extremely strong, self-preserving nine. But yeah, I'm from Memphis. I'm a therapist. Hanging out. Excited to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Me and Deanne go back before college. We knew each other in high school. Deanne's become a pretty doggone good friend. And you said you're a subtype, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Self-preserved. Oh, yes. no doubt. And for those who don't know, the self-prayers nine is more gra- more grounded, eight-like. So they have uh, a little bit more fierceness to them. And they don't necessarily exactly merge with groups and people, but they merge with like comfort activities, routines, and their own special things that they like, you know, games. games. I love a good game. <laughs> All right. So this, this has been a weird time that we're in. Um, this whole pandemic thing is driving us all a little crazy. And also everything else in the world is it's like burning down right now. So how has your instinct and your nineness dealt with this pandemic so far and everything going on? Honestly, like, it was very weird because, I mean, we've never been through anything like that. 
But for me, it was kind of like, coach put me in the game. You mean to stop the spread of this? Like, I got to limit my social interaction with people and the things that I do. So I was there for it. I mean, I'm down for it. I think that I got very anxious in the beginning because I don't have insurance. So I was like, I can't get this because this night quill that I got ain't going to get it. So I freaked out for a little bit. I will be honest, but I, eventually it was kind of like, look, it is what it is. Yeah, I, um, my my self press instinct myself during this was freaking out at the beginning myself. It was a freak out. It was for a little while. I'll say a week or two because every day I thought I had it. Like random, I was like, I think I got it. I think I got it. Never had it. Praise God, you know. But like every day for that, that instinct was revved up too high uh, at the beginning of this thing. So what have you been doing during the pandemic or quarantine to like get by? Like what have you been doing? So I started off. Like, I immediately was just chilling. Like, it, it was lovely. I was working from work with a mess, but I eventually had to put myself on a schedule, come up with, like, to-do lists and things like that to make sure, like, I was utilizing my time correctly. But it was a good three weeks where I wasn't doing nothing. And if I was doing something, it wasn't worth anything. So it's just like I had to get myself together, but... Once I started with like a routine and things like that, making sure I was walking every day, interacting with people the way that I could, like it just it became okay. Like it was just I had to get myself out of that that slump that nine can go to. Like it was lovely, but after a while it was too much. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That is tough. We all got these grooves that we get in that no matter how you're quarantined, is your pattern's gonna mess you up for a little while. Yeah. It don't matter who you are. So life has been really rough and tough right now, um, especially in the African-American, our black community, um, with everything going on, the senseless murders of people and black people. So how have you been dealing with it? Uh, How has it impacted you and how are you managing it? Because we're still in the thick of it. Always been in the thick of it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, if you look like us, you've always been in the thick of it. So it's just, I feel like I really saw my nineness like throughout the whole thing. Mm. So I like when it first happened, I mean, like we got what a week and a half in between incidents. So I was like, when it first happened, I was gung ho, you know, like, let me correct you on this. Let me educate you on this. We on Facebook. We going back and forth. You want to have a conversation? Let's have a conversation. I mean, like I was going, going, going. If you want to get read today, I got you. Open your book. Like, it was no problem. But the whole time, I'm like, I got this weird feeling. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm good. I'm calm. I'm cool. I'm collected. Like, I'm okay. Then I stopped sleeping. And I'm like, okay, this is just, this is really weird. And I think, like, between Tuesday and I want to say Friday, you know, that sideways anger. Oh, boy. Talking to a friend, who said something, something regular, something regular. I shot off, shot off, and she was just kind of like, "Girl." And when I tell you, I don't even know what she said. I heard what I wanted to hear, and I went off. So I was like, "You got to calm down." What's going on? And so, like, I just that same feeling, but like when I shot off on her. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It was kind of like, you know, he go by the mirror, and Mr. Hyde be like, <laughs> like, it was like that. Like, I'm coming for you, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. 
like later that night, of course, me shooting off on her, the guilt that comes with it, because girl didn't mean no harm by anything she said. I feel myself, I have a panic attack. And so I'm like, whoo, okay, I don't understand what's going on. Next day, I go to a protest. I'm good. I still got that same feeling. But again, I'm like, I'm good. I'm protesting. I'm doing my thing. Like, it's okay. Get home later that night. Call my mama. Let her know I'm home. You know my mama. I do. She, it's just, she always got something to say. You got something to say. And so she said something. And then my stepdad said something. Stepbrother said something. And I'm like, all right, y'all trying to piss me off today. So I was just like, let me get off the phone. I'm okay. Let me get off the phone. I'm fine. Next morning, my mom calls and it's like, let me tell you something. And I'm like, no, let me tell you something. Y'all not going to keep treating me like this. Like, we're just going back and forth. And she says, she says to me, I understand if you're upset, but you being upset does not mean that you can mad, mad, mad. And I'm like, upset? Upset? I'm angry. Lose it. I lost it. I'm talking about I'm yelling. I am crying. I am I'm sobbing. And she on the phone like, dang, son, like, uh which and I'm just I and like because I would not let myself be angry, like it was just picking at it, it making me sick. I was not sleeping. But once I allowed myself to be angry with those feelings, I got to chip away at my iceberg. And so it's like, once I got through that, all the sobbing, so much sobbing, two days worth of sobbing, let me tell you, my face hurt. I finally got to the part, I was sad, I was disappointed, I was heartbroken. But like, until I addressed that anger, that rage, I couldn't get underneath my iceberg. And so it was just like, how many times we gotta go through this? <laughs> like. Why be consistently going back through this same cycle? Girl, just just let yourself feel it. And like now, like after sitting with some friends, like addressing my feelings, help me address my needs. Like I spent the last week with a friend staying at her house, unplugging, because it was just like, I am overwhelmed. And it's okay for me to be overwhelmed. Like not only am I seeing this stuff happen, but like I'm also in the midst of this because it's directed towards people who look like me. So it was just like I needed to sit there. I needed to be with those feelings. So I therefore I could process through those feelings. But of course, it took some time. It does. It does. I love everything you just said. I think so for those listening who don't know what sideways anger is for the nine, there's this anger that they tend to repress or not even necessarily repress, just kind of not notice. Sometimes it don't get it don't even hit the radar. It don't even get on their radar. And, but it's happening. It's still processing in the background like a computer, but this is not in the front. And something happens where because they haven't addressed it, somebody says something that kind of somehow may connect to it. And that anger comes out and it is explosive. It is it is not like any anger you usually see. I tell you that it is explosive and you and you better watch out. You better beware because it is it is something uh, it is something else. It, it is not to be not to be messed with for sure. And I look back at baby girl words. <laughs> and, and I think you speak to it so well because not only do you mention that. And so here's the thing with when you repress something or it doesn't get on your radar, and you don't normally exhibit it in a healthy way when it does come out. 
the reaction behind it. So you mentioned the anger part, like getting it out, like it came out so forcefully, but there's the other level where nines have in their past even felt the guilt after they allowed sideways anger to come out because then there's this level of guilt that they have. And they're like, that's why I don't like doing it because I have this right. guilt. But, you know, as nines do their inner work and, and it's a constant battle because they're like wired to not like for it not to hit the radar. So they really have to do work to get there. You know, it becomes a little easier to find ways to be like, you know what? I'm just going to express how angry I am today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Just a little bit, just letting it all out so it's not, it doesn't build up. But right. no, you perfect, perfect descriptions and metaphors, examples like the iceberg. That's, yeah, it's a whole lot under that water. It just took so long for me to be able to get there. But like, especially with all this time of the pandemic, like I have forced myself. And when I say forced, like I have to force myself to address the feelings. Because before I used to think like body instinct, like what? The only time I feel that is like when I feel myself like going towards that six. But it's just like if I sit there and I'm and I'm there and I ground myself, I felt 5,000 things before I even get there. But it's just I have to be intentional. I have to be mindful of those things. And boy, that is years of work, but it's so worth it. I, I couldn't agree more, especially like just the, just the work you've done and like me knowing you for the years. Like for real, like the work you've done is it's amazing. So I'm going to tell a quick story. So we worked at a camp together. But one thing as a seven is joyful as sevens can be. Sevens can also be very annoying at the same time when they when they don't like really work on themselves. And so I purposely was trying to annoy Deanne, but it wasn't working. That nineness was like, if it was, she didn't show it because I was like, I cannot get her like kind of upset or nothing, you know, because that nineness. I just never forget that. And I never knew why until I understood your Enneagram number. And I was like, OK, that makes sense. That makes sense. She she's not gonna give me that satisfaction of like ah oh, I'm upset. She's like mm, you look stupid. Moving on like dang it. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um. So along those lines, I was on a call a couple days ago, and I've been in these different places. I feel like I do have hope around this time. It is the most random time to have the hope that we do. Um. But it's the first time in my existence in like being a black man in America that I've seen so many white people and allies be like, oh, shoot, what y'all going through is like really real and different. And right. I didn't realize it. I'm sorry. Like, what can I do? So what would be your advice for um, allies? My first thing I would think is like, if you're going to be an ally, you got to be an ally all the time. You can't just be an ally around black people or people of color you have to be an ally around your friends, around your family, because the same way that I can only truly explain to people who look like me can explain what it's like to live this life, you can only speak on how it's like to live your life. Don't speak on my experiences as a minority, as someone who's marginalized. Speak on your experiences as someone who is not. Like your, your job, your duty as an ally is to not be my voice, but to uplift my voice. And so it's just really making sure that, one, you understand that, and two, can we please process through our white guilt before we start making moves so we can make sure these moves are intentional? I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But the guilt is showing. It's showing. And as someone who understands guilt in a certain aspect, like, nothing you do will be 
with the intentions that you hope if you do not process through that guilt. But I appreciate y'all. Y'all, y'all been fighting. Like when I went through my time of just crying all day, I have to address nobody because it was like people were taking care of it for me. So I did once I processed through that anger. Okay, that rage. Yeah. That rage. I don't have to fight right now because y'all are fighting for me. Y'all throwing jabs for me, but it's just like we need allies. We do. We do, and it's not us against white people. It's not us against anybody. It's us against racism, and that is it. Point blank. Period. Like it is. Hundred percent agree. Like it is us against racism. I love the way you worded that. And I found the same thing, like the hope I was talking about. And what you mentioned is that when I was tired and I'm overwhelmed and I don't have the energy to be like combating this and my different mediums and circles, I see white people doing it for me. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. Like, and it and it feel and now I've come to a space where I feel good about it. Cause at first I was like, you know what you're talking about? What you doing? Like right. It was like, stop, that's fake, you know. But then I, I, I kept seeing some, some more legwork and some more speaking out and some more, you know, yeah. posts. And I was like, oh, okay, you real. And I don't know. And I've heard I've got a lot of apologies. Oh my goodness. And I don't even know how to take that, to be honest. Like I don't even know like how to address any of that or take it. I just like, uh, thank you. <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think I do want to know. And maybe it's because we have the pandemic, so we have less distractions to keep us from really paying attention to what's going on. So I think it's more in the public's eye. And I think allies are like, like they kind of get it because they have to stick with it and can't be distracted, maybe. Because besides that, I have questions because like it's like a whole bunch of like allies had epiphanies like, oh, whoa, you know. And (laughs) so like I'm, you know, I'm really I'm amazed, thankful, grateful for I just. I just want to know, like, where the epiphany happened, because I see so many who have that look of like, I just can't believe that this is really and I'm sorry that I haven't been any help and I'm working to do something. But it was, it was like an epiphany. Like, I don't even know. This specific- and that's why I say, like, don't speak on my experiences, speak on your experiences in the midst of mine. Like, you see this stuff happening firsthand, but like you said, you don't have your distractions, things like that. And that's why when I hear people combating, like, white privilege, like, understand that white privilege is not to attack you. It's to teach you. It's to open your mind for compassion, to open your mind for empathy. I'm not mad at your white privilege. It's just your privilege comes from my oppression. Use your privilege. Use it. I'm not upset with you. Stop apologizing to me. What can I say? Don't be sorry. Be careful. Like, be <laughs> mindful of things. I don't need your apology. I need your work. Like, teach yourself. Learn. Do something. I don't want to take anything from you. But what I want y'all to realize is that there is enough at the table for everybody. And when you start feeding people who look like me, or when you start addressing people who are even underneath me, because I have privilege, you do nothing but benefit everybody else. When you address the problems of the disenfranchised, the marginalized, you address the problems of everybody else. And I don't know when the talk of something that was about humanity became something political, as it always does. I'm not too concerned about that. We are humans. Address us as humans. I'm not a dollar sign. I'm none of that. I'm a human being. When you address I have a human being, you address the issues that human beings have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't be sorry. Be careful. Be action oriented. One thing that 
I spoke on, and I find this to be a little different in the Enneagram world, and it's where I push and a little different from other teachers. And I think that's because I'm a black man in the Enneagram space and other people of color in Enneagram space who are teachers. We push for not only inner work, but outer work as well. If your whole environment, your society looks the exact same and you never really go outside of your comfort zone, but you're just, I'm always doing my inner work. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm doing great inner work but you're not out there actually taking action towards the injustice in this world, then to me right. that you're not doing anything like, yeah, you may be growing, but you're not really growing. Mm-hmm. You're not really it's growing. Like, it's like, I see your macaroni, but I don't see your cheese. And don't nobody want some macaroni with no cheese on it. Facts. Like you can have all of this as you want, but the biggest thing that we do is interact with people. Everything you do is an interaction. I don't care how much Instacart groceries you got. I don't care how many times you've been to Uber Eats. You interacted with somebody. Your interactions matter. Your inner work gears your interactions, but I need to I need to see both of them. And that's why I said, don't just be an ally around me. Don't be an ally around people who look like me. Be an ally all the time. It's not enough if you're a good person and you sit around and you hear conversations that aren't good and you don't say anything. You're just like them. So it's just, like you said, your inner work is great. No, definitely. That's, and that's the truth behind it. If it's going to change something, it's going to take real action and outer work as well. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does going to work give you instant anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you aren't going to quit your job, you should call Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving personal and workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, leadership, and conflict management, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace performance so you can improve your services and bottom line. You can reach Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. So you are a therapist in mental health. So let's let's talk about how important it is not only Black people to um, actually get mental help because of things going on, but also for people who are not Black to understand the trauma that's impacting Black communities. That's a lot, I know. Can you just... Just, just, just unpack what, how something you feel when it comes to mental health in Black people. Um, we need it, please. <laughs> Can we get it? Uh, listen, I am obviously gung ho about it, and I see it changing. I really do. I see it changing, but I think we have to. I think we have to be so aware of the way that the world affects us. And understand that we are walking results of our experiences. Like I am a walking result of the things that I have experienced in my life, whether that be trauma, whether that be just something you said, the way that I dealt with something, I am the product of that. And especially growing up, if you don't have certain examples, if you don't have things like that, your products aren't always the best, but you still apply them to your life. And that's why we see things that aren't going well. We see things that, you know, it's like, this is not really a healthy thing that I'm dealing with, but it's because we don't know how to regulate ourselves. We don't know how to process through the things that we're experiencing. We don't know how to do it. And what we are experiencing right now is trauma and secondary trauma. And for a lot of people, if you have older generations around you, you're seeing transgenerational trauma 
Like, I think of some of the things that my parents have said to me throughout this whole thing. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? But I had to step back. I had to enact my empathy. And I'm like, y'all are traumatized from the things that you used to see. So you changed your mindset. It might not be healthy. It might not be necessarily a good coping strategy, but it still changed you. And we deal with those things every day, even if it's the way that you handle things at work. Like, you still want to keep arguing with people. You still want to be stressed out all the time. Go get some therapy. Learn how to self-regulate. Learn how to address your emotions. Or if you are learning how to reparent yourself, so many of us are learning how to reparent ourselves. Go get some therapy. Go get some help. Listen, y'all could pray all day long. And I'm going to say it like like that. You could pray all day long. God ain't finna do nothing but send you a therapist. Now, whether you want to go or not is on you, but it is what it is. It's necessary. Like, it changes the way that you see things. It changes the way you interact with people. But it's crazy because we see ourselves in these perpetuating cycles. We just don't know that they're perpetuating. Like, we get upset at black men when they express their feelings or do anything like that. We call them weak, you being feminine, you know, you being a simp, you a wab. And I'm like, okay. Hours later, you upset with your black man because he don't understand your feelings. He can't address your feelings properly. How's somebody supposed to know how to do someone's feelings when you won't let them feel them? Like, it doesn't work like that. So it's just like, we have work to do. But again, it's that inner work too and that outer work. Like it just, we have to get ourselves out of these cycles. It's, it's insanity, really it is. Like I said, I see it changing. We just got a long way to go. We got to stop with the, you crazy and it stay in the house and it do, mm-mm, baby. No praying is going to change the chemical imbalances that people experience in their brain. It's not going to stop your schizophrenia. It's not going to stop your highs and lows with your bipolar disorder. It's not. We got to do something. We have to look at the fact that, like, our suicide rates are insane, especially for our men. Like, how do we get to a point where you've ignored them their whole lives, you call them crazy, you told them to pray, and then you grieve their suicide so hard? Keep that energy throughout. Acknowledge people. But again, like, all of that is learning empathy. All of that is unlearning some of these awful ideas that we have around mental health, these awful ideas that we have around bettering ourselves. I don't know. I say I don't know where they came from, but I don't know where they come from, but again, like how long do we stay in these perpetuating cycles? There was so much in there. That, that was rich. There was, there was so much that came to my brain when you were speaking. And if you don't understand the African-American community, the black community, like is a stigma against mental health or going to a counselor or a therapist or a support group. There's this, unless you're court ordered or like it's the, you you just some extreme, extreme thing had to happen for you to end up there. And so there's an issue. And then the only way that we have been reared to deal with it is to tell somebody to pray. And Frederick Douglass said, I didn't really see change until I started praying with my legs. And so nothing wrong with prayer, nothing against prayer, but it takes action as well. And a lot of times God sends us people to help us. He sends people to help people. That's 
biblical. You know, that's in everything. So I think that's super important. I do see it growing. I do like even in schools, I actually see like therapists and counselors coming in, trying to somehow normalize it a little bit more. So parents are like, oh, I guess it's not too bad. They're not going to tell all my secrets are there. You know, like it's all this. Right. It's a lot of fear and stuff. I deal with kids all the time. Like I have one girl who when she was about to tell me something, I knew it because she would check the room. And I'm like, it's just us. Girl looking for cameras, microphones. I'm like, if you don't go ahead and tell me what you got to say, it's us. Like, we are good. She like, my mama knew I said this. I'm in trouble. I'm not going to tell anybody. Like, you're fine. We've gone over this. But again, those are the things that are drilling to us. Well, what happens in this house stays in this house. Yeah. And so do the effects. They stay in the house. I get things like affordability, all that stuff. Like there are ways and it's becoming so accessible these days that like I'm, I'm slowly getting done with the excuses. Like at some point we have to check our own mindsets and the things that we feed into other people. I'm calling folks crazy. Uh, like you calling people crazy because they want to deal with the voices that they hear that are not there. But you call me crazy when I'm reacting to them. Which one? Which one? <laughs> Can't do it. I think that's a good time to do two plugs. So Deanne and a good friend of hers have an IG called Mental Health Muses. And um, on there, they do um, a lot of different posts that help to remind you that you need to take care of your mental space, that you need to make sure you recognize what's going on. You need to get checked out. You need to get checked in. You need to plug in. You need to unplug all of it. Right. So they, they put posts on there. I love it. And so definitely go follow that page and check that out. Also, something else, too. If you are looking for counseling or in this weird quasi can't get close to each other social distance time, there are resources as Deanne said and discounted ones. One that I'm connected to is BetterHelp. Uh, you can actually get a discount on your first month uh, through BetterHelp and you can do it virtually. They do family coaching, they do one on one coaching, and they do like even child and kid coaching. So, I mean, counseling, sorry. So you, you can get all of those and those will be in the show notes at the end of the show for sure. Thank you for mentioning that, uh, Deanne. That's super rich. Um, And any more resources that I should put out there? Because I'll put any one you tell me down. I know for people like me who don't have insurance, Open Path Collective is really good. There's an app, I believe. I'm not sure if you can go through line, but uh, it basically offers therapy on a sliding scale. Um, And there's telehealth. There's in-person if people are still in a facility that they're welcoming people in. But Open Path Collective, don't have insurance or you have insurance, but it doesn't cover mental health, anything. It's a huge sliding scale based off of what you can afford. Shifting gears a little bit, as a nine, what would you recommend for a person who's a nine who was in your space maybe two or three years ago who's trying to grow? Be intentional about your growth. It's like, as a nine, that is a battle. My gosh, it's like... In order to do it, I have to do the thing that I'm avoiding the most. I have to learn about myself. In order to learn about myself, I have to be honest with myself. I have to be vulnerable. But for me, I just, I honestly kind of had to torture myself to grow, if that makes sense. It's like, if I'm not doing these things, I can't do this. So it's like, I have to, I have to sit out, I have to go to seminars, like, I went to three different Enneagram webinars at this point, 
like and really just like intentionally sitting with the information that I got, right? It was everything. Let me take snatch my energy. But they're growing back. Okay? They're growing back. But it's just putting yourself in a place to learn. I don't know if it's just me as a nine, but I love learning. Hate learning about myself. But when I merge the two, I become more intentional about getting to know myself. But staying grounded, you got to be grounded. I know we love to be out. We love to be out, but we're not getting anything there. And one thing I do when I am grounded, I do process through something. I reward myself by being out. Like, I'm like, okay, girl, you did this work. Now you can go. And I peace out. And I'll peace out for like two or three days. But I can only do that if I've done the work. So sometimes, like I say, I have to torture myself. I do. Like, in order for me to do things that I want throughout this pandemic or, listen, I've been traveling everything. But if I want to go on a trip, like, I have to take care of things. I have to. I have a list of things. I have to sit on my certifications that I have. I like doing it. So I had to force myself to do it. If I don't have to pay for it, I ain't watch the TV. If I don't do this, there is no coffee. If I don't walk today, I don't drink my water. I don't get to do this. Like, I have to be intentional and be on myself because I will fly under my own radar, which is insane, but it is what it is. I love that because that's one of the things for now. It's a discipline thing of disciplining yourself to go do certain stuff because you could chill all day. And also going back <laughs> on what you spoke of, and this is like my personal opinion of it, but I believe everyone's path to growth is super hard, no doubt, because it goes against the grain of how you're wired on the inside and your ego and all that fun stuff. But by nature of it, I think nines and sevens have probably the most difficult paths to growth in a sense, because like nines have to go through <laughs> anger, which makes them feel absolutely horrible and conflict that unleashes a whole box, a Pandora box of pain, anger, fear, pent up things, a whole bunch of that. The sevens have to go into uncomfortable emotions and pain in order to grow. So we, by far to me, like not by far, but nines and sevens have some of the most difficult growth paths, no doubt. Cause it's like straight into like, ugh, this is, this actually is horrible. My, my growth point isn't to relax more. <laughs> exactly. And it's crazy because it's thinking like, I'm a therapist. I am this person. Like, people will talk to me and I'm like, yeah, like, well, it sounds like this, this, and that. But for myself, I have to use a feelings wheel. I have a feelings wheel on my phone. Like, I'm a, like a child. Like, learn to regulate myself. So I'm like, of course, I'm, like, I'm angry. But what am I angry about? Because it always starts with, I'm angry. I'm frustrated and I got to get my wheel out and I'm like, what does this mean? But in order to do that, I have to ground myself first. So it's like something that people do while they're driving in a car, just processing through something. It's a chore. It's a, a, it's a step. It's like a process that I have to go through in order to get somewhere. But when I tell you, when I get there, it feels way better than me not being present, it feel like I can actually do stuff and I don't have to worry about that feeling at the pit of my stomach. That's like, okay, then real emotions gonna come out. Like it's just in this, I don't have to worry about that. And so it's the same thing with therapy. Like we wanna be strong, we wanna be all these things, but you don't know power, you don't know strength and true resiliency 
until you actually learn how to process things other than to bury them. Like, you have no idea. Like, being resilient and being strong should not hurt you as much as it hurts us. Because we're not doing it. We're not doing it right. So it's like, you don't know true strength and true power until you can control everything you got going on here. Strong words. So, looking forward into the future. 2021, who knows what in the world will be going on then. But... Hopefully we'll be able to somehow be outside of our houses and not stuck in the house um, or quarantine for a while. So give me a prediction or somewhere or something you want to be doing in 2021 this time next year. Listen, this time next year, I want to have been at a job, the same job, the same job for at least nine months because I'm going through career coaching right now. So hopefully in a couple of months, I'll be once more jobs open. Hopefully more jobs will open. I'll be making moves with intention. And so within those intentions, hopefully I will be somewhere that I plan on to stay and grow with. That's my plan. And I plan to be doing that in Memphis, which like, for me, that's insane. Because that'll be like 16 months in the same place. And that ain't my thing. But I can confidently say I'll be here. That's what's up. I'm excited about that. It makes me excited. You and me both. I'm like, I don't got to move again. Even though I, I like it, but like, I can focus on so many other things because I'm not focused on moving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, regular people stuff. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to tell the audience for our wrap to show up? Any other tidbits of amazing wisdom? Learn yourself. Love yourself. That's about it. Deanne is one of the um, funniest people I know. She's hilarious. Self-praised nines typically are pretty funny. But she's super funny, but super deep at the same time. So you see the different uh, handles, social media handles you can find her at. Communicate. I mean, just talk with her, understand, or say, ooh, that was su so super good, or I feel this way, or maybe I'm trying to do this, because she's a beast. I mean, definitely articulating what's going on mentally with people, but also what's going on in our society. It's black people as well. So super cool to meet her there. Go to some of those handles if you want to speak with her. Thanks for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you could hear it well enough as well. Just a few things. You know, um, I want to give a shout out to a few Patreon supporters. Al B, Carly H, Kathleen Z, and Natalie B. Shout out to you. Thanks to you, the podcast can keep going because of your support. I appreciate it so much. Because remember, podcasting is free for listeners, but not free for podcasters. Uh, so if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. Uh, and you can support there if you would like. Um, I release some things a little bit earlier sometimes and different ways to connect and different events that um, I'll have coming up. You get there, you get discounts and these different things. We also help to keep this podcast going. Also, don't forget the Kaizen Career Complete Enneagram program is coming up on August 5th. At the end of May will be the end of the early bird pricing. And so there's 18 spots left. I keep it smaller on purpose so that, you know, we have a good quality amount of um, people attending so that the community is not too big, not too small, but just the right size. So there's 18 spots available, two different payment plans for it. And then also this is found at kaizencareersacademy.thinkific.com. It'll be in the show notes because I know that's a lot of words put together. But once again, that's kaizencareersacademy.thinkific.com.
And it's a 12-week program based on community-based learning with the Enneagram, where you're going to learn more about your type, yourself, and really build a community in learning the Enneagram. If you have not done that before, you're missing out, I promise you. There's nothing like communal learning with the Enneagram. That's some deep growth and growth work that you will do. Also, um, a few events coming up. I am speaking at the Enneagram Summit 2021 by Sarah Jane Case, May 24th through the 28th. I am doing a panel, a type seven panel, and I'm also doing the importance of inner and outer work there. So that link will also be in the show notes, um, but it's also on my website and on Instagram. If you go to my link tree, if you want to sign up for that. And then also don't forget the IEA International Enneagram Global Summit Conference. It's one, it's Summit or Conference. I think it's Conference, but it's going to be an absolutely amazing event. I'm speaking at that as well. And if you want to see an amazing gambit of teachers around the globe doing things with the Enneagram, this is the place and the space to be. So that link will be in the show notes as well. If not, you will see it on IG in my link tree in my bio and or you can go to my website because it'll be there as well. So thank you so much for listening to this episode as I bring it back. I want to bring a few more episodes I didn't release back as well because they have so much good content. Thank you so much for everything and your support. And if you feel your type structure is starting to get triggered and you're about to do something crazy, pause, take a deep breath and make a better decision and do it for the gram. The Enneagram, of course. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Do it for the gram podcast editing and mixing is done by Saw and Sign. Information will be in the show notes.